0: Welcome, beautiful people, to this absolute bullshit podcast where we spew literally nothing into a microphone and you still decide to listen. Uh my name is Joe. I am joined by Dylan. Dylan, how you doing, Bub? I am fucking falling apart. I'm gonna be honest with you. I am
1: I'm feeling some type of way. Tell me more. Uh well to to start, I'm drinking out of a sixty four ounce water container with water that I purchased at Walmart when I tried to go on a tubing trip. Actually, I'm going to tell this story to start off the podcast today. It'll only take a couple minutes, but it's the funniest shit. Um, so what I'm going to say is this container that I have right here, you guys can't see it. Just imagine you go down the water bottle and camping aisle in Walmart, and you fucking pick out whatever, and that's about what it is. It cost me 10 bucks at the Wally World. And I got this water bottle for a tubing escapade I was gonna do down this back river in my hometown with a couple of my buddies. And the, the couple buddies that I went with were brothers that I know from my hometown. And when we decided to go down this creek in their backyard, we didn't understand that the creek had so much shit built up and trees fallen down so that it was almost impossible to get through. Uh, the sun was setting, horseflies flies were swarming this river. And all of our tubes but one broke, and one of the brothers started absolutely freaking out, uh, screaming like a crazy person in this creek. We probably had the cops called on us. Had to get out of this creek, drag him through whilst we were trying to find an early exit, and uh, he was scared of leeches too. I don't know why. Why you get scared of fucking leeches?
0: Suck your blood.
1: Maybe not the only thing they'll suck. Anyways, Jeez welcome up. back. To the baseline podcast yeah. uh it's been a little while just because shit has our schedules mostly my schedule yeah, actually Dylan, uh yeah i'm the worst um no, has allegedly. been well it's been yeah it's i am uh it's been crazy um but we're back now thank you so much for tuning in yeah. uh we appreciate it and joey just cut his hair too what he really, fuck, did you really
0: just call me Josephina. Thank you. There it is. Thank That's real
1: Uh but no, he cut his hair. why did you cut my hair? Wh- did you decide to do it or was that one of those things where you were like, Okay, Mr. Fucking Bob, just keep
0: on cutting shit. Uh so the decision kinda came out of uh I don't know where I kinda needed a little bit of a cut because I was like, it's getting really goddamn long. I was putting it up in ponytails on a on a consistent basis man bun sometimes pigtails sometimes well that was all alleged. I mean one but, tail for each
1: hand to grip some might say um but no, yeah, yeah I mean this barber guy he just kept us. yeah you know.
0: um I, I needed kind of a summer long cut I needed a I needed something that wasn't gonna get all up in my shit while I'm running around kicking balls working putting hat on all the time and it, I mean it's nice because it's not super super long, but it'll be grown back out by the time I head back to campus in the fall. Mm-hmm. So I'm not super worried about it. Um but overall. Um, just needed a cut.
1: Yeah, I wanna get my shit cut. I well my hair always has been like the worst. Well, actually I don't wanna say it's the worst because that's like a little bit self- degrading but my hair is just a lot it's a lot to try and manage because joe's hair is naturally straight but he has uh like has had it chemically treated to make it like wavy or curly i.e a perm and my hair is just naturally curly and frizzy as it is
0: in its natural state like but like quite curly like we're talking Afro, if if it was grown out Afro, Curly. No,
1: yeah, I grew it out in 7th, 8th grade. Joe's seen the pictures Beautiful. when it was absolutely boisterous. It was mm-hmm. gigantic. Yep. Looked like Kramer from Seinfeld. Yep. Anyone who actually watches Seinfeld. It was a mess. But I don't want to get it cut because everybody is like, but then again, everybody's talking about the buzz cut trend. But yeah, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I feel like if there was one person on the planet who would not want to revert back to a buzz cut, it is definitely me for so many reasons. Because I feel like like people you know, touch my hair and they're like, it feels like an alpaca or a llama. It's kind of a statement. But the second that you take it down and I look like I'm in sixth grade again, I will look like I'm in sixth grade because I look young as hell. I have such a baby face. It would be the worst thing. Well, we are trying to get you to grow a beard, but you said no. I didn't say – my follicles said no. My face. Like, I don't, I don't know if I need a derma roll, if I need to use some ancient, like, pagan growth oil on – I mean, we know a guy. We uh, do know a guy. We – God. I yep. I mean, I wish I could grow a beard. I don't know if I'd even look good with a beard just because I've, like, been more distinguished with a clean-shaven look. Real. Uh, well, what do you mean, well? Some people like your Well scruffy. Well, there, there is – a list of one person who actually was like, oh, keep the scruff. And he's on the
0: other side of this
1: fucking desk right now.
0: Yeah. So um, we're going to get into some actual content, if that's okay with you. Because now we're just, again, spewing bullshit into a microphone. Well, that's what they expect. Uh, I suppose. That's what they um, for. So that's the shit. my sister, when she was Glug. like 12, 13 years old she loved one direction loved one d absolutely obsessed and so as as a younger brother obviously the first thing you're gonna do with something that my sister likes is absolutely despise it i hated it one direction was the worst when i was then if she was 13 12 13 i was 10 11 years you hated one direction hated it hated it it was the worst what, like, um, tell me some of the things that you would say to your sister about One Direction. Some of these despise. Well, I just, rumors. I was like, these boys aren't cute. And oh, their shit. music's not good. Oh, shit. And you're just the worst. Oh, no way. And so, but obviously, I, uh, by the time she became 16, she was still obsessed. But she had a car. So I was the passenger in the car. And so she'd listen to the music, obviously she'd play it potentially in the shower, Yeah, um, play it, you know, in a room potentially, Yeah, all of these Done different it. places. So I w- it would just be, I would, I would consume the material. You'd absorb it. Um, yeah. I just wouldn't want to, but I did. Um, and then I found out um, when I was like 17 years old uh, that I actually knew every single song.
1: Every single um, one
0: by osmosis of my sister listening to it. I knew like almost every single song by well, memory. Yeah, That's real shit. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. By memory. And somehow by the age of 17, they were absolute bangers. Okay. Like something in my brain. It, it probably was because my sister really didn't talk about it when I, cause then she was 19. So she was out of the house at college dropping mm-hmm. out somewhere. Um, shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, she so she was out of the house. So all of a sudden, I was okay to like this thing, this this actually decent content that is One Direction, and so I just got on this super big One Direction kick. So my question for you, Dylan Pringle, is huh? this is a big one: Midnight Memories or Made in the A.M. Oh shit! See,
1: here's the thing, and this is this is to to go a little bit along with the One Direction thing. I you really don't know how much you need One Direction until you are at your lowest point trying to fall asleep in your poorly heated slash cooled 10 by 10 dorm room <clears throat> concrete cube <clears throat> until that shit pops up on the speaker while you're trying to fall asleep from the boom box that resides under your roommate's bed. Yeah, that's real. And you hear them just spitting the most facts about yeah. everything and you're like, man, shit. Like, fuck. This is good, like this is quality content. This is wholesome as shit. And you need it. But say. What I'm going to answer, plain and simple, is Midnight
0: Memories. Okay. We're gonna need uh, an explanation.
1: Um so Midnight Memories was kind of uh I guess the reason why it became, like, the one that I've known of the most, and the thing is, I don't listen to One Direction an extensive enough amount to, like, know every single song by, like, the osmosis standard that you're talking about. But the songs that I've, like, resonated the most and that have, like, come on when I'm in, like, those deep times or when I've, like, hung out with my sister previously and if she would listen to One Direction or anything of the sort, uh, it would always be for Midnight Memories. So that's what I've associated with One Direction the most. Okay. And that's why I have said Midnight Memories, because I'm not an avid direction. You, sure. Or You're not a direction. I don't go north, south, east, or west. I go
0: vertical. Sure. Um, I guess, you know, if I could give my take on this. How did I know that this um, was coming? I actually... Would disagree with yep, you. Yep, I knew this was gonna happen. Uh, Every answer yeah. I pick, it's just. Oh, so... no, I don't agree. <laughs> this so isn't, this isn't the one for you me. You know, we can talk about potentially number one One Direction's best song, which we're not going to, because I don't want to get clowned on the internet for saying potentially the wrong one. <laughs> um, but I, I reside most of my time listening, like percentage wise, in Made in the A.M. And here's why. Um, if you look at it, there's about three or four big bangers yeah. out, of, out of Midnight Memories, which, you know, those are potentially some of their best songs. And you can look at it from a standpoint of that's where they took off, and those are their best songs, so that could be why you like that album so much. But out of, like, as far as we're talking, like, pure volume of quality content, Made in the AM has too many bangers. And obviously... Like so, then the question could become, which one would you get rid of? Like, if you had to like get rid of one, but I just think Made in the AM has too many bangers. Obviously, like drag me down. Like oh, wow, you have no you you have no idea how many times I listen to that song in my sister's like beat down piece of crap car, and she's just screaming at the top of her lungs, and I'm like. This sucks. I've honestly, then. I've listened, I've listened to Olivia more off that album. Hey, no, I love it,
1: love it, love it, love it, love it, love it,
0: Olivia. Yeah. Bah, bah. No, but it's a. No, I don't that's know what I'm saying I'd though. Eliminate. Like that's another, that's another big banger mm-hmm. out of out of the thing. So I just think that as a totality, made of the M is. Do king. you think that "What Makes You Beautiful" is still a relevant
1: good song to this day? Or do I you mean? Think- yeah, it's relevant or do you, well because I think it kind of has the baby effect. I think it was a springboard song, but I think now everybody like forgets about it because it wasn't that deep of a song. Like if you think about it.
0: So if you had to, no, so let's do it. So if you had to pick one song that was like the best song that One Direction ever put out, what would you say? Fuck me, man. Um I I'm saying purely based off of my experience and my perspective I'm saying story of my life, which is on midnight memories, which is why this is a challenging conversation to have. Yeah. So
1: my favorite song from, from them is actually off made in the AM. Now that I've realized it. Sure. Uh, It's if I could fly. Yeah. Okay. We were, yeah, let's talk about it. If you, so I don't, it's, it's really one thing because they kind of faded away from the whole like boy band like persona and i feel like made in the am between like midnight memories and made in the am you kind of hear that like transition in midnight memories to them trying to like like centralize on like on like a deeper level than just like love baby this that breakup like like the real shit that's being presented from all five of their different perspectives which i think was unique in their later albums before of course you know they broke up and went to their solo careers and whatever is that you could see that they were getting deeper in their music i thought that whenever you know you'd listen to uh you know if i could fly if you'd listen to uh i don't know just you could you could hear the progression song sure. to song sure. and especially when you listen to their albums uh like they I they're really good at like the entire arc of the album because there's very purposeful uh very purposeful like entries of like different experience throughout each of their albums sure. which if you go back to their early stuff with like what makes you beautiful what I was saying is that in general it's a pretty generic song it's a catchy song but it's a generic song yeah that which is why I called it the baby effect because sure. when Justin Bieber, released Baby, right. he went from like really famous to ultra famous, like within an instant. And that's kind of what what Makes You Beautiful did to One Direction. They released it as a single. Everybody was like this British boy band. They're all super cute. Bah, let's make an album. And these guys are from the X Factor and like Simon Cowell was their coach and they're like apparently the shit. But it was just the Baby effect. Sure. It was just the springboard into their
0: deeper shit. Sure. Yeah, I mean, if I could say like I mean, if I could fly has got me through some, some times. Break. Yeah, it's a it literally such like it's just, a very meaningful song. Like, hey, real talk. It was
1: if, on our playlist. Yeah, real talk. If you've never, well, I mean, maybe this is just me, but I have cried in the shower a couple of times when that song has queued up.
0: Well, we don't need to talk about how much crying either the two of us do, but. It is a passionate, meaningful song. Well, maybe not passionate. A meaningful. Yeah, I was gonna say. I don't know. Passionate. Uh, I. I'm. There's a word that's like, escaping me, that would go into place of that. Emotional. Thank e- you. Emotional. Jeez. That's why it was escaping you. Um. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> You really just... I got got... Anyways. No, but I I think One One Direction slaps, dude. But no, it does. They're the best. I, uh... Yeah. It's
1: just like how Jay Beebe slaps today. The music that that guy puts out today... that's... oh, that's personal. Bro, I fucking love Justin Bieber. Like... He's got some good songs. I'm not gonna say he does. Dude, you wanna hear the funniest fucking story? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, third grade. We used to have these things. I don't know if they did them at your school. Well, I guess it, at, at that in time. third you, grade. Yeah we, were at, yeah. yeah, we were at the same school at that time. But the scholastic book fairs? Yeah, at oh, conferences, yeah. No, I went to the ones at no, your school. No, no, no. Yeah, so here's the real shit. When Jay Beebs was popping off, we were in like elementary school. Yeah. And they would have these, like, you know, you'd have like your Guinness Book of World Records, all the popular books. But off to the side, there is this poster bin. And they'd have posters in these bins, right? Mm-hmm. And at that time in elementary school, I did not want to say a damn thing but i wrapped up a poster from the poster bin and i put it into one of those tins that you take home the poster and i was like mom can i get this poster barcode got scanned she didn't know what the poster was and i was like this is good for us this is really good for us so then i get home and i unravel this poster and it's the album cover uh of baby by justin bieber and i put it on that very door right there no way and the thing is since my mom if she ever wanted to come in would just open the door she would just open the door. She would never would see never it. See it. Oh and wow! The back blaze. in the back in the day, I was a underground Justin Bieber fan. No way. Um, and you know, I never cared to admit it to anybody. And then there was a point where I was like, "Man, Biebs fell off." He like did. for a couple of I years for sure. And then he started putting out some gas music, uh, like like yummy. It was pretty yummy. I mean, uh, and then you know he. I mean, he started collabing with a ton of yeah. Artists.
0: That Yeah, that was gonna be my point. I would say like th- all of the songs that he's got that are like his like not his but he's in them as like a, a collaborative artist. Yeah. those are that's some heat. I mean, like peaches. Yeah. I mean, yeah, peaches has been just absolutely
1: popping off Um Sorry. Bingo. Uh, love yourself if you love.
0: JB was also one of the same Kind of kind of fell under the same umbrella for me As One Direction But like lesser So everybody obviously like Once I got to like 6th grade Everybody loved JB And I was like I want to be different So JB sucks And then as soon as yeah. I As soon as he That's what After I did he fell time, off When like, he fell off I was like I told you yeah. He sucks And then he came back with, obviously, the collabs and the new stuff, and I was like, there's respect here. I'm not, obviously, as in love with it as, like, One Direction, but, like, yeah, it's not bad. It's not, I mean, I can't rag on him too hard. But I was
1: a closeted Justin Bieber fan. <sighs> yes. And I did the same thing that I i feel like every guy did it, or most guys did it in elementary school. You're like, ah, who wants to listen to Justin Bieber? Uh, because all the girls were, like, talking about him. You're like, I don't like Justin Bieber. Like, I won't be different. Like, I'm on something. The
0: haircut was tragic. No, looking yeah. back. Looking back.
1: Looking back. It was a statement back in the day, and everybody yeah. was like, the flip. The flip. The fucking, the Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> the hair flip. And I was like, what the fuck? I, I was actually, yeah.
0: like, it, it was kind of gassed. Well, because Dylan but. doesn't have the hair to ever potentially produce a flip. I can produce, like, a bounce. Yeah, you can do a bounce. Like, there's, like,
1: a little jiggle. There's, like, yeah. a jiggle to my hair because but it's, like, it's like afro hair. Yeah, it's like, afro hair. But you so. can't have that, like, smooth, seamless, like, it looked like a veil was being lifted from his face, from, yeah. the, from his forehead. Okay. Fucking. And then I was like, oh, okay. And then he gets 10 years older, and it's receding, yep. and that's how it goes. Yeah, we,
0: anyways. Yeah. Next, um, we we're going to talk about um, – well, it's 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 economics, but it's like our version of economics. Oh God, yeah. So I don't know if I could do big brain economics. So yet. one of the things that I I have a buddy of mine from high school, and he told me about his philosophy on economics. Philosophy? Yeah. I didn't know there's a... economics. You could talk about crunching the numbers and being a part of the actual economy and that kind of thing doing stuff like doing stuff like people who major in economic like you can do that right well, but then yeah. there's theories about it for instance when a guy that went to my high school he said he said the way that i deal with my money is i say i'm gonna buy this and is it worth x amount of hours at work so for instance he bought a gucci belt at in Col- uh, Colorado, California, at the Gucci store for like 330 bucks. And he looked at it and he was like, Is this worth my like 15 hours or whatever he had to work to get that belt? And he said, Yeah. So he bought it. Right. So my question for you is wh- What do you think of that? Like, what are your thoughts on that type of like, like, cause that's all like dealing with your own personal money. Yeah, right. I feel like
1: that's too easy of a justification for for spending money. I guess in my case, I'm I've gotten to a point where over my freshman year, I found myself in some cases like being a little smarter with my money, but there were a lot of cases where I was like very irrational in the way that I like evaluated my purchases, and I used that kind of same mindset. I was like, "Well, If I think about it logistically, like if I buy this meal out and it's like 11 bucks, that's basically like just an hour like at my dining services job. That isn't that bad. Like I've thought about it that way before. Sure. But the more that you're like, oh, it's only an hour at my job and it's only $11, the more that like you you need to make sure that you evaluate like the grand scheme of your finances. Because in my case, that $11 that I spent on a meal that I could have – more so, just gone to use my like dining dollars or my actual meal plan that I already paid for. Like instead of going out and eating, I could use my meal plan and save that eleven dollars and invest it. I could save it. I could put a a uh, an advanced payment on my uh on any like fees on my loans for the year. I could do anything with that money. But in my opinion, when it comes to like big purchases. That can maybe be applicable, but I'm talking about, like, if I'm going out to eat, like, of course, you need to treat yourself now and again. Right. That's not what I'm trying to discourage. But I think that we – I mean, I saw this lightning statistic that um, I think Americans – like, over 50% of Americans have – like, the majority of their income is spent on food. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which – is obscene that is not grocery food by the way no no so and under that umbrella of course you have like coffee specialty drinks fast food groceries things of the sort and i would say of course like the coffee and the fast food are like the big tellers for a lot of these people because you're going to spend five bucks on a cup of coffee every single morning uh and then you're doing that every single week out of the month four weeks out of the month uh maybe even seven days a week so you get down to the nitty-gritty of 28 days, $5 a day, and, like, what the fuck is that? I can't do math right now. We're not math majors. Yeah, uh, but it's, like, it's money. Like, that's—if you think about it, you can save, like, a grand to two grand a year just not buying that coffee every morning and getting your own French press for your house or trying to make your own shit. Or like, working at a place that'll give you free coffee. Yeah, I I mean, I did that, and I became— a caffeine addict, and now I have a caffeine tolerance, which is
0: why I am now quitting caffeine. There you go. Um, but no, I think that that was one that was brought up to me. I think this is an interesting um, bit. So my high school English te- English teacher, he said that he thinks that um, economics should work like this. You work for a company, right? Yep, And your salary is based off of how much money you make for that company.
1: So he's talking about like a direct 100% commission.
0: Yeah. To everyone. Everyone gets a 100% commission, if you will. Like, I mean.
1: Business would crumble. I mean, business would be non-existent. Because think about it this way. If you're like. Let's say in an average sales job, like in a, in like a, a large-scale sales job, let's say you're like a mortgage lender. Uh, let's say that you have something to do with banking, right? And they hire you, take you on for a salary of fifty to $55,000 a year. If we're being like generous or pretty courteous, we can imagine that that company expects you with your skill set to make, let's say, $200,000 for that company in a year mm-hmm. with the clients that you bring on. Because business is all about ROI on employees, as much as it's about like, hey, we'll have a competitive salary. The salary is always going to be like twenty percent less of what you bring in for a company or the value that you hold in the company. Because without that, I mean, business would be much less profitable. Is basically what so I'm saying. So let's
0: say, so let's say it's not one hundred percent, but let's say it's, let's say it's, we'll do sixty percent. So here's my, here's my thought, right? Quick trip does 40% profit share. Let's say instead they do 40% uh, like they take 40% of the profits for their owner or higher ups or however they want to like disperse that money. The idea behind the commission work on like as a whole uh, of the working class is so that, you know, you can look at, cause everybody gets paid hourly at jobs that are hourly. That sounds stupid, but it it made sense in my head. Yeah, um, it, I mean, it makes sense out loud so, too, but you just said hourly two yeah, times. What right. Do you mean? So basically, if you work for an hourly job, you can make, let's say, 15 bucks an hour, and there are people who earn that 15 bucks an hour and people who don't, and you know what I'm talking about, okay? There are slackers, and there are people who overachieve at their job. The idea is those people who are overachieving, if you split it, Instead of doing hourly, you did it based off commission. So like, let's say you're a hardworking kitchen worker at a fast growing company like Quick Trip and you're just absolutely making sandwiches out the wazoo and they're selling out the wazoo. Pretty soon you're making, you know, in, the, in your eight hour shift, you made a grand for the company Um and then the person that's next to you in the kitchen doesn't work very hard, makes about 200 bucks for the company, but you guys are paid the same amount of money. That's not fair. So instead, Quick Trip takes 40% of each of them, and you get that that base commission. So the company will still make money, uh, that 40%, but you'll make what you're what, – minus, like, obviously what they take from you, uh, so like a company tax, if you will, you'll earn – what you worked for if that makes sense so that removes all of the ability for people to be lazy at their job and have to actually work to make real money
1: well yeah because it. i, th- I think it really comes down to like now if you want to be really successful for some reason like just doing your job like effectively somehow isn't like isn't the way to go in terms of like if I wanted to go and say, like, hey, I make a lot of money for this company, uh, I feel like they should be paying me more. Unless I, like, uh, like go and articulate it clearly as to why I should be making more money, like, there's no way that they'd add a commission structure like that. Because they need to, like, they have accountability for their employees, and they're like, well, if somebody sees an employee slacking off, they should tell supervisors. But nobody does that in a mm, common work environment. No. Like, if you think about I it. Like, if I saw somebody slacking off, I would be like, wow, this person is annoying me, but I'm going to go about and do my work effectively and not worry about what they're doing. That's all I would do. I wouldn't, like, automatically see that and then being like, oh, shit, I need to go tell John in the office that fucking Randy isn't making sandwiches fast enough. I wouldn't feel like I need to do that shit. I would just keep making my sandwiches and keep making money for the company. But that's why we can't, like... Every company's like you need to have accountability for your employees, so we can't do individual commissions. But if you like, if you had like a self-identifying code on products that you made at Quick Trip, like, can you imagine if even you got a like a ten percent commission on each of those sale items, like just off the individual sale, not as a whole on the product that's sold, but on each product? Let's say you have a four-dollar sandwich, you make forty cents from each sandwich you sell, and you're doing a thousand dollars in a day. Those, I mean. Those nickels and dimes can add up quick on your check. Can add more to your hourly. That could set you apart. But there would just because of the corporate structure, there would be like there would be no way of that ever happening. Or at least with the current
0: brains that run the corporate empires, there would be just like no way that that would happen. Well, right. Because think about this. So, like, let's say that that f- we'll say <clears throat> so we have breakfast sandwiches, and they're they're with tax, they're about three bucks a piece. So we'll say three dollar sandwich. Let's say you make that ten percent. So you make thirty cents per sandwich, which I would say probably the sandwich to make probably costs a buck and a half. So they're probably making a buck and a half off a sandwich. So if you take your thirty cents of commission, the company's still making a good deal of money. They're making eighty percent of the profit. you yeah. So you're only getting thirty. Right. So um, let's like let's say you take thirty cents per sandwich. We make twelve sandwiches on a tray. During our morning and lunch rush, or whatever, so that's what is that ninety three dollars and sixty cents every tray that you that you cook. So, like, let's say you don't have a base salary, but you are absolutely pimping those out, you are gonna end up making a, a worthwhile living because you are working hard making these sandwiches. But if you are just booling around in there, throwing crap around and not doing anything then you know you shouldn't be deserved to make any any money if you're not doing anything obviously so that's where this kind of economic idea is stemmed from
1: yeah i think another thing that is to consider is a lot of the industry nowadays that's like making the <coughs> most money um or probably the most worthwhile is people that provide like a a product that's of some type of scarcity mm-hmm. or of some type of intensive need like uh like not to rag on like quick trip and like what they do because they're a great company I go there to fill up on, on gas and get food occasionally from time to time because I think that they have great workers, great products, great establishment. But in terms of establishing scarcity, I mean let's just look at NFTs. Uh for anyone who doesn't know, know what an NFT is, it's called a non-fungible token, which might sound like gibberish, but non-fungible means that it's the only one. It is like the token. And people are using these online nowadays as like pieces of artwork basically. Like you can have like a piece of digital art. Like let's say you're a millionaire billionaire and you have this really expensive piece of art from this original artist in your home. Appraised at like $50 million for this one piece of art or this vase. Like So imagine that that NFT, like these NFTs that are being sold are just like that piece of art but except you have these digital wallets that are on display for all the world to see, but they only know that you have that one thing. Like, that's the type of scarcity that our economy is like, oh, we want to spend money on that because if we don't have, like, if if Randy has that one thing, we're like, man, fuck, I want that thing. Like, man, Randy looks like the shit with his new fucking, I don't know, piece of, I don't know, who even has art nowadays? I buy my shit off of Amazon. That's what <laughs> I do, but, like... But, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, when we're talking about, like, sandwiches and, like, fast food and department stores and these people that are getting paid, like, these, these hourly wages and are going above and beyond and not getting, like, uh, I guess, properly compensated for it, it's because there's no scarcity of product. Mm-hmm. Like, really, if we had an employee that came in one day and said, I have a brand new original product that we could sell on our shelves, if you just give me the space and give me the commission, then we'll be able to make it. Or you contributed a, like a business idea to displays, and it increased purported sales, and you went up to your management and was like, uh, "Hey, can we do this or that?" Or you contact a corporate about it. That's a different story because if you're creating like you know, scare Steve a product and more sales of a product on the floor from a direct strategy in a company, that's a little bit different. But when we're just doing our jobs, unfortunately even if I'm working the hardest I'm ever working, like if I'm out on route with a truck, uh, just a little bit of a backstory, I work at a drink distributor. So we deliver like beer and pop and cases of all these things to like grocery stores and liquor stores, things like that. If I'm out on route, I unload a thousand cases of beer into a store. I'm still getting paid 16 bucks an hour. And if I if I unload that ahead of schedule, like an hour before ahead of schedule, and I make sure that all the displays are straightened all the expired product is out and on our truck and not in their store anymore, I'm still getting paid 16 bucks an hour because liquor isn't scarce. Like if we're talking about like uh, anything like financial trade or real estate, real estate and quality real estate is scarce, right? And the people that sell it effectively are scarce. And that's why, unfortunately, the hourly worker, such as the person at Quick Trip or such as the person like me, won't ever make the advances necessary to make a quality living.
0: Sure. Now, when we're talking about salary workers, I think that the the idea of a salary worker makes sense for those occupations where you're a salary worker. So, for instance, teachers, right? The, we can talk all we want about how teachers are underpaid um, off of a couple of di- Like, we can talk about that later, but uh, it, the yeah. idea is... <laughs> That like they're a salary worker. There's no way you can pay them an hourly wage or slash like the commission or the like percentage that we were talking about in the previous yeah conversation. There's no way you can do that. So well, there is a way. In, well, just you just, can't just, really cal- You can't really calculate what that what that work is worth. Like there are different.
1: I think, you, I think you really can, and you want to know why? Yeah, go ahead. Because it, the analogy, like when we were going through COVID and everybody was like, teachers are the heroes. Like, I agree that they were, but everybody was talking about the babysitter proposition. Let's yeah, take— we could talk about this. Yeah. The babysitter proposition. Yep. I am just going to pull out my calculator for a quick calculation, then we'll move past this. Let's say that a teacher uh, at a primary school or an elementary school has 12 classes a day. Or let's, let's even break it down to a more micro level. Let's say you're at a middle school. You have six classes a day. Each yep. class is an hour. Mm-hmm. So we can evaluate that those classes are an hour each, and you have around 20 students per class. The average babysitter, I would say, usually, in a fair-paying area makes probably $10 an hour per kid. Sure. I would say if you go to wealthier areas, you can make more. If you're doing it for family, you probably don't get paid jack shit. Um... But let's say that you have 20 students per class for six classes. You have 120 students out of the day. You get paid $10 an hour per student, and you're with each student for an hour. So you times that by 10. With those metrics, each and every single day, you should be making $1,200 a day with the kids that you have. Mm -hmm. And if you apply that by the average amount of weeks that
0: are in a school year, I mean, what would we really say? Well, it's 183 days, I think, is a school year in in, uh, public school. So if 183 to 185 days, can't remember. So if we say there's 36 weeks of school, sure,
1: and you times that by 36, on average, uh, just for just as
0: a babysitter,
1: yeah, just as a babysitter, we times it by that, times it by the five days a week that are in, yep, teacher should be making $216,000 a year. Based on that, if we're taking an average babysitting
0: salary, so this is not this doesn't have to deal with teaching your students specific content, not a damn thing, or a specific subject in school, it yep. is simply about the time that you're spending with those students to keep them occupied for their parents, basically.
1: Yeah, because parents, I mean, I mean, we're not going to get into this a ton because I've talked about this extensively <laughs> and I could go on for hours, but how parents are like, like we want our teachers to do everything for us so that we basically don't have to do shit for our kids, which is bullshit because they're your kids. But if you want us to be babysitters, then pay us like babysitters. And if you want to pay us like babysitters, I ain't going to fucking complain about yeah, it no, I ain't because say six figures a year for teaching, as much as, like in my opinion, that's how it should be, rebuke if you'd like because I think that teachers do God's work in terms of like formulating like a... like. Prom-
0: now, here's the thing about you know, doing God's work, I would say you obviously have to have a good teacher, right? So this is all, this idea is all stemmed off the basis that the teacher is good at their job, right? Because if, if the teacher is a bunch of bullshit, and they can't teach a student anything, or they like dismiss specific students, or they're not like attentive enough to the class, um, obviously, that is an issue. And that wouldn't fall under like this idea But in the idea that the teacher is good at their job, engages students, does like teaches them things, keeps them occupied, keeps them busy, sparks their interest in things that they want to be interested in. Um, I would agree. I would think that teachers, depending on how good you are at your job, easily deserve six figures. Um, And, you know, obviously, again, that can be, talked about by professionals and experts were not either of those things no but i i mean
1: teachers sometimes even when they're super young have like more of a lasting impact on kids than their parents do mm -hmm,
0: i would agree yeah we've had there are some 50 there are some uh just think back to your like elementary days right yep though like those couple of teachers that you had i had a couple of them um that were just like you would pay So much money to that teacher to teach your kid, right? You have a kid, and you want that teacher to teach your kid. How much are you, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, I mean, shit. Like, this teacher deserves so much, but because they're under contract and salary by the government, they just, they don't make what they should be making.
1: Well, I mean, hopefully, on whatever horizon, like, lies within the next decade or within... Uh, well, I guess that would be getting into politics, but within this administration of presidency and how they want to, you know, fight for, fight for the rights of teachers and how they tried to do that coming in with like COVID and talked about it on the campaign trail and all that stuff. I mean, do I really think that teachers are going to see the respect and the pay that they deserve within the next decade? Mm, probably not. I would, I would say that the motions to have it happen could happen toward the end of that decade, but I don't think that within the next 10 years, once I graduate college,
0: get into the workforce, and end up going to grad school, that it's going to accelerate a whole ton. No, I would say you'd have to, like the movement can get started in the next 10 years, but by the time you start seeing the checks for the idea that teachers should be, ba- be paid more, you probably have to wait a couple decades. Well, because in
1: theory right now, uh, in theory right now, my my theory in economics with scarcity, uh, teachers should be getting paid more because of the scarcity of teachers. There's a teacher shortage in America everywhere, and this is true. If you go to uh, most public schools, unless they're very, like, renowned school districts – uh, that have you know been hired out for years and people want to come into these school districts all the damn time, you have a teacher shortage in America. There are hundreds of positions that need to be filled, lots of schools that have very deserving kids that need a quality education, need a teacher there, or need more teachers there, which should imply that we should be getting paid more because we're filling a gap. But nobody wants to fill the gap because why? Because starting at $45,000 a year, out of college after accruing fifty dollars to $100,000 in student loan debt is – I mean in our case, we're doing it, mm-hmm. but it's the worst ROI in the world, like an ROI being return on investment. That's why That's why we don't do it for the money. Precisely. So when I'm coming out of college, in general, the amount of money that you're spending to get your degree, people are like your salary coming out of college should be higher than that amount of money. I'm not confident that I will be in that position at all because I will have accrued a lot of loans, a lot of money spent out of pocket in advance as well that accrues on top of those loans mm-hmm. and then I'll only end up making $45,000 maybe dropping like 50 to 60. I don't even know how much I'm going to spend like in in my time and it is frankly ridiculous. I I don't know. I could go on about this whole teacher thing right, for hours obviously. because I'm a future teacher and teaching, 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 and kids and f- generations of the world and pay and shit. But you know, I'm not bitter about it. It's just fine. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I mean, I just think that there's a lot there, and there's a lot to be discussed. And obviously, like you talked about, um, you know, potential movement with that. Um, it it it's just something that. There's a lot of people who say you can go in to a job with your 4 year degree and you should not have to get any more schooling if you don't want to. Um, And if you want to be a teacher who makes any kind of money, you instantly have to get a master's degree in the first like three years of your teaching, um, which is another thing that's added on, which is also another. Two years of potentially anywhere from like ten to fifteen thousand dollars of loans. So you're looking at another thirty thousand you're going to tack on, just to make a comparable wage to what potentially a nurse would start at in a, a small facility, um, you know. So it's just a thought. But what's up, Dylan? I'm just not going to make any money. No, we we won't. I. It's all about. I mean. Yeah, don't go to college, can... everybody. Don't go. No, I wouldn't say that because I've I talked would, to a lot
1: of. Don't, don't go to college unless you are going to be a STEM major, or you're going to be an educator. Because in reality, the four year degrees really are only important for certification in those fields. If you're talking about business. I'm sorry if this is going to trigger anybody, but if you're going to college for gender studies, that is the worst money that you will ever spend ever. Because there's no – what certification does that give you for a job on your degree? Like, really? Or if you're going for, like, like a strictly liberal arts education, it has no classification. When it comes to STEM and education, you have direct certifications to operate in those fields. But when it comes to, you know, business, marketing, like economics and finance, I know a lot of people that are in those fields – uh that did not go to college for a damn second in their life and are making a lot more money and are in less debt because of it Mm -hmm. so like we have a friend who goes to school for for finance and marketing and uh and he does really well for himself at school and he loves school so him spending the money and doing what he needs to do uh
0: and he's going to make a crap ton coming out.
1: And he'll make – I mean, yeah, that's the thing is that after college, he'll have accrued a little bit in loans, but he'll be making probably close to six figures, if not more, yeah, on the way Yeah, he'll out.
0: be able to pay off his loans within the first five years of his job.
1: Which is ideally how it should be able to happen for all people, but it isn't, and you fall into those traps for 20 to 30 years. But if you're not in a STEM or Ed field and you don't need that certification, like if you, if you genuinely look – Out there online, I guarantee that you can find the same certification, the same courses, the same uh, everything online that you would need to know to have like a good economics background. And you could go apply for a finance marketing position at Google, and there's a good chance that you could get hired. Like there's a solid chance. I knew a guy uh, from my hometown who did not go to college, uh, moved out to Los Angeles when he was 18, uh, four months out of high school, applied at Google for a for an advising position, which at the time paid $120,000, and it was basically just like an internship. And he just made sure that his cover letter was clean. He applied, and within two months, he was starting at Google. Zero certification, like a 3.0 GPA student in high school, just displayed excellence in his intellect and in his work ethic, which in reality is how it should be for those right, types of jobs right. because – Like, just because you have fucking Harvard or uh, Yale Law or uh, UCLA or Stanford or Cornell or these huge Ivy League names on your application does not mean that you are going to be a quality, solid worker for a company. It really doesn't. It means that you got accepted into a prestigious school. Congratulations to you. You probably spent a lot of fucking money on that school. But, I mean, what's it really going to (laughs) do? Gender studies.
0: Well, my biggest thing. Is that like, I don't, I I go to college and I pay for college for the classes, for the education, for the knowledge, but I go to college for the experience. Like, I think that's the big thing that like, I always talk about. So I went to a couple of gravel parties yesterday. I've been to a a bunch of them in the past. And all I tell them is like, are you going to college? Cool. Have fun. Do your studies. But make sure that you're experiencing life because that's where you're going to grow as an individual. Because what companies are going to want is those people who are well-rounded individuals who work hard. And if you can learn that in college, you're set up to go. Now, one thing I will say, trade schools, the biggest life hack. If you want to do something that's a trade, like be an electrician or a mechanic, by all means, do it. Go to trade school. Do it. It is a serious life hack. You're literally going to come out with about $10,000 worth of debt, and you will make six figures in the first three years of your job, guaranteed. I absolutely promise you. You're going to be rolling in the dough, if that's something that you like, obviously. But I have cousins, family members, friends, all of these people that I know that I talk to, and they're just like, yeah. Yeah, so I got a buddy from high school. He's saying inquire with me. Uh, he's he's going to be a a painter so he's not even doing he he was working he was a leader of a team at eighteen uh of about twenty people who range from the ages twenty like forty five he was like the 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 like advisor of that group he's buying his first house within the next couple of months nineteen a year out of college or a year out of high school no college experience because if he's working. Yeah, you might not even actually need the trade school. Just get into the trade. All you have to do is step your foot in there and get some uh, some time and experience, and you're just going to take off. Yeah, the fact that plumbers and electricians nowadays
1: are like, are some of them are making triple what yeah. educators make. And it's just because, I mean, those services are like, like in-demand service, but a lot of people just don't want to get their hands dirty and do the work. But if you're good at your trade... And you're good with your agency and, and the place that you move from, like you can make insane money. Like as electricians and as plumbers, with the very little experience that you need school wise, it probably has the the best ROI that I can think of for like a, a quick school route. True. Sure. And it's obscene. I I cannot imagine. Imagine if I just wanted I should just pull the
0: fucking Mario just popped out of the pipe just became a goddamn plumber. Should have just became a fucking plumber. Hey, I mean. we, uh, we're we already deep into what we're doing. And I actually, we're looking forward to next year and the following oh, years of concordance. It's going to be so much fun. Be great. We, uh, fun. We're acquiring things for our dorm. Or dorm. I keep saying dorm all the time. No. Apartment. Apartment. <laughs> apartment. To keep us own apartment,
1: so it's basically just a bigger fucking dorm.
0: But it's awesome. But no RAs. So, we're dripping it out. Basically, we're getting free stuff by... Like, we're getting it by the day. Like, offers are coming. Like, we had two couch offers in, like, the same day that were free. We could have them, whatever. Dylan is getting a free futon. Uh, a lot of us already have TVs. Uh, our TV... My TV is going in our room. Um Sidlowski, since this is bigger, probably... In the living room. In the living room. Um, yeah. And, like... We just keep wrapping things up. Uh, quick trip signs are going up.
1: Uh, <laughs> I don't know where the fuck those are gonna going to go. They're
0: going smack dab on the side no, of the wall. why the fuck? That- have we talked about the chairs already? Which... I don't think we talked about them last episode. So, oh, yeah. Basically, uh, <laughs> our college is renovating their, um, their uh, recital hall in their music building. Um, it's about 50 years old. Ooh, yeah. And what happened is... Basically, at the end of the year, I had a spring football game on, like, the 1st of May. We got done in class the day before. And I had gotten done either with the game... Yeah, with the game, because I stayed the night and left on Sunday. So I got done with the game, and I, we were just bowling around or whatever. And in one of my finals on Friday, the 30th, um, I was in class with Sadlowski, our future roommate. And he um, he and I were talking about the chairs, that were sitting outside. They were all of the recital hall chairs that had all been pulled out because they were originally screwed down to the floor. They were all pulled out and they were laying in like this little lawn area next to our music building. We saw them. We were like, wouldn't it be silly if we like took some chairs, right? Take some chairs and, and just steal them. So we didn't steal them. We actually uh, went and talked to the head of our music department. Um, and like, we were like, hey, these chairs are dope part of history here at the at the college could we potentially take a set he made a phone call for us we got three of them so what we did there was a row of four we took one of them off because it was like a half chair uh, because they're all pretty busted up so we basically fixed it all up so we had three chairs of different colored seats and I took them home with me and then I brought them to my grandfather's house and we're working on building the base because like I said they were screwed in originally to the floor so we can't screw these into our dorm or our apartment we can't do it won't do it uh that would cost us a lot of damn money oh, too uh, much. because we'd have to obviously get that fixed at the end of the year so we're working on building my grandpa and i are building a little base for it potentially i have some other ideas how to spruce them up uh with some potential other things which i'm not going to talk about because dylan is here and I have some I have some ideas uh, of some things I'm going to do with the chairs but and he basically... likes he likes to keep everything a goddamn surprise it's the worst like
1: whenever um like whenever whenever we have anything going on that is like even a little bit like out of my realm and he's like I need to wait to tell Dylan everything until the moment <laughs> I I'm one of those people who like appreciates like knowing what's going on. Yeah, yeah. For uh, sure. no, and Joe, don't too. give me a fucking ounce no, of what's not going one. on ever. And not it, one. As much as I'm like, wow, this is spontaneous and this is kind of fun. I'm like, fuck you. Like well, I want to. Sometimes it's like, all
0: done on purpose. Like sometimes it's all for. Well, no, for yeah,
1: game. I I know exactly why you do it. You do it because you want it's to get to me. Yeah, yeah. He gets me to make my stupid faces and yell at him and do whatever I do when I'm mad. And I get it. It's funny. It's hilarious. Fuck off.
0: I don't, like, just. All jokes. All jokes, of course. But, um, so we've got this recital chairs uh, that are going to go up in our apartment as well, which will be super, super fun. And I got a piano, uh, a relatively expensive piano for the the apartment as well. I'm just really concerned about move in because we are on a floor above number one. Um, so we're going to have to go up some stairs, um, which will be a little bit challenging with the couches and the futon and the piano and all that good stuff. But, um, we're excited for sure next year.
1: Yeah. It'll be, well, I mean, everybody knows like at this point, I mean, COVID doesn't exist anymore, basically Uh, like anywhere. I mean, there are still people that wear masks that are that are out that's your that's your like choice that's your courtesy to other people i mean do what you will uh i mean kind of look a little bit funky i'd like to see that beautiful smile yeah, that obviously. all you guys, guys are wrapping out there those pearly whites yeah those straight white teeth um and you know we would, i mean we'd love to see those people but you know they want to keep others and themselves protected which is respectable but like, when we come back them. when we come back in the fall I mean, our campus, like, we had different levels of COVID restriction throughout yeah, last year. Yeah. So it basically went, like, red, yellow, orange, or not red. It went red, green, ye- green, yellow, orange, and then red being the worst. Yeah, Um, I don't think that we actually, I think we are teetering on red.
0: We never reached it, um, though. So and it was early our, in the school year where yeah. we were teetering.
1: Because our campus did pretty well all year, yeah, but we I'd still say. abided under, like, all restrictions all year, like, for a lot of things, which was bleh. Um But now our campus had sent us an email and was like, we're in the green, which basically means if you're vaccinated... Uh, you no can, masks. No masks anywhere. You can enter any campus building. You can go anywhere, do anything. Uh, they had some vague remarks of still having some physical distancing measures in Not place. Really. But I... I, I don't know exactly. We'll be full how that's. back next year. Um, because you know this is in June right now, yeah. and we have July and August, uh, to still go through all the motions before going back to campus. And I'm like, well, there's no way that we aren't at full capacity. I mean, we already know that that choir is gonna be at back. at like full force because yeah. last year we had like like only like thirty minute choir rehearsals, and we had to go in groups and stay masked and stay distance apart but now we get to sing shoulder to shoulder with people hour and a half rehearsal no masks we get to go on tours we get we get to go on weekend excursions we get to have our like you know super famous concerts at our college that we have and it's going to be great and it'll be like getting a freshman year again Mm -hmm. which i think that we still had like a really good freshman experience like overall in terms of, like, we found ways to
0: still make memories for ourselves. Well, I think what we did for ourselves was we we really looked at, like, first of all, making friends. That was obviously number one. But then, like, looking at opportunities for us to do things at the college or around the college that didn't, like, in my opinion, that didn't require a mask, right? So we went to, like, bowling on Thursday nights. It's five bucks. You get to bowl however long you want. And then – you didn't have to wear a mask at the bowling alley, right? So you did that. Or you'd hang out in in the dorm rooms with your people, and obviously it was against the rules, Um, but, like, you would get in there, and then you wouldn't have to wear a mask. So you could still, like, have your personal time with your buddies and, like, do that thing. Um, So, like, I think it was more about making sure that, you know, you find the times when you you could take your mask off and be with your friends. And then as far as the, the classes went, in my perspective, I had a couple of online classes first semester, um, but second semester I didn't have I didn't have like any except for Theory, which was all online. It, French was too, right? Yes, and I chose and like that was the class that I chose to put online mm-hmm. just because of how my lifting schedule worked out with classes in between. But um but no, I agree. It's gonna be kind of more like a, a new year. A, a freshman sophomore year type thing uh, because we'll be able to finally get to meet people for football. We get a camp, which we didn't get a camp last fall. Um, Like he talked about excursions with choir. Like we didn't go on any tours or retreats, anything outside of obviously like the college campus. Yeah. Um, This year we get to like go to that resort and we get to do our Minnesota tour and the other two tours, the domestic and the one to Italy and you know, it's just gonna be a lot more of open. We'll get to meet a bunch more people, which I think was lacking last year for sure. Yeah, because um, if you can't tell, I mean, we're pretty
1: cool guys, so we want to meet more people. Well, this is all uh, opinion. Yeah, it really is an opinion. Yeah, uh, some people don't like. Th- there are a lot, actually, countless, actually. Yeah, um, but, but no, I think that, I mean. I'm kind of in this in the space already when I'm like at home and thinking about going back to school where I'm like, fuck, I just want to go back to school right now. Yeah, I miss all my buddies. Yeah, I like as much as I would like to say that, like, it's great being back home. Love seeing my family. My parents, the family is the only reason why my parents are great. I love seeing my dog. There are a couple of buddies that I have from back home that are like that are like my good buddies that I really connect with. But other than that. Most everybody from high school just like completely disconnected, went to go do their own thing or like, you know, don't really want to have any ties with me anymore, which is just fine because I have, you know, a lot of buddies up at school and a lot of opportunities and a lot of fun to be had up I'd there, say.
0: which is, you know, why we've also discussed possibly not coming home. Yeah. So basically uh I am from a, a small town um and where I'm from. There is nothing there for me anymore. Um COVID was something that was like it it sucked. We lost our the end of our senior year, all of it. Um like this 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 grade that just that just graduated, they got like a prom and they got uh they got a graduation that was pretty normal. Like their end of the year was pretty normal. Their, um, yeah, I mean, their end of the year was pretty normal, but you think about, like, the six, seven months leading up to
1: it, that was all pretty
0: shit. Yeah, but, like, basically, they got their end of the year thing. We didn't. It it kind of sucked, but it also was a really quick way for us to, like, cut off of our hometowns and move on. Like, I got to move on, and actually, gave I gave me an extra three two, three months to move on from my home. So, basically, there's nothing there for me. And so, coming home, obviously, like, to see the family and the dogs. Um and like one or two friends, and obviously Dylan lives near me, and Elijah, which is one of our buddies from campus, also lives near us. So that that's kind of helpful too. But yeah, man, I just I'd go back to campus in a heartbeat.
1: Well, it's just like we're in a transition period of like the people that we meet at college now. Like when you're like full, I don't I don't want to say full grown because there are definitely some people at at school that aren't like like the most full grown like adult people no, but you meet like those those people at college that you meet that you develop like real connections with make all those like like memories of like when i arrived there i i became like the person that i wanted to be because you fuck up so much in the 13 years that you're in school in so your much town. yeah i mean and of course like if you like transfer schools and get away from it a little bit it can be like it doesn't split help up it doesn't help I mean, you still have the shit that you go through yeah. at each and every school, and right. whatever community you're in will just constantly judge you off of those things for some reason. But when I went to school, I was like clean slate. Know, I mean, it was basically like clean slate. I started like uh, dressing how I wanted to dress. I started talking to people with a uh, with like a demeanor that I wanted to present in terms of like myself as a person because. Uh, I mean, I, I like to be, like, well-spoken and talk to a lot of people if I can, and it was nice to get a disconnect from that instead of people constantly being like, oh, that's the kid who fucking fell on the play- playground and busted his nose in second grade or whatever the hell they want to talk about. Right. Um, But I, it's odd because you feel tied between, like, your two homes that you had because in our first year at college, like, that started to feel like home. Like leaving that dorm, I was like,
0: "Ooh." I started to refer to the dorm as, as home, and then home in my hometown was like it was home, but I didn't call it home. I was like, "I'm going." I would say, back. I w- yeah, I, mean, I, I would I would say I would just refer to like the dorm as home, and then
1: I'd say, "I'm I'm going back home." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was like, as much as I consider the place where I'm at now like home, like I grew up here, like a lot of great memories. Like the place where you develop independence becomes your home like very quickly. Like the place where I started having to like really doing all my laundry by myself and changing my sheets every single week and staying accountable only within myself to do the things that I needed to do. Like that's the place where you develop a sense of identity where you truly find out the people that are like there for you. Because it's, it's really easy to evaluate that once you get out of high school. No hate to you if you're a high schooler, but the environment there just isn't very uh, socially friendly, isn't very healthy in a lot of different settings uh, with a lot of these larger friend groups of kids and who really cares about you and doesn't. But I feel like in terms of our college experience, the people that we still talk to and that are holding on to, some of the greatest people I've met. Uh, and some of the most genuine and of course you know I've seen some of these people at their lowest I've also seen some of them at their highest right and let me tell you in both in both states that those people are in I love them just the same uh, I that, that's another thing i I got into a conversation with Joe right at the end of school about the word love uh, that was a a pretty radical conversation because then I had to start separating. Do I actually love this friend or are they actually just an acquaintance? Cause I think that love is a little bit overused, but there are a couple of people at campus that I like genuinely love. Like Joe, I genuinely love Joe Elijah, our friend, Elijah. I genuinely love Elijah. We have a buddy at school named Sam. I genuinely love Sam. What a guy, Uh buddy named Logan. I genuinely love Logan. Love Logan. Um, and miss you logie and there <laughs> yeah where is logie we miss him uh but you know it's one of those things when i mean i don't want to take too much time off the floor from joe but it's just developing that independence your connections become so much stronger than when you're at home and you're like all i want to do is just be by those people that motivate me that make me feel stronger that make me
0: feel worth it that drive me to be better that's yeah. what i'm thinking and about i mostly. mean Like, we talked about it last episode about connections, so I'm not going to get into that because we already talked about it. But basically, connections are just, like, the most important thing. We as humans innately need connection with other humans to prosper. That is just a fact. Um, And so, for me, in high school, I went through a couple friend groups. Like, I I did, right? Uh, And they fell apart and came back together, and did this, and did that, and moved here, did this, some people left, some people came in, but once you get to college, the people that are there, if you pick right, are there for four years, and these people are going to be your connection to study, hang out, eat, work, coincide, like these are going to be your people, and so they say that the you are a representation of the closest five people to you and so going to college and being to being able to have that clean slate but also being able to pick those like people that you want close to you is just so important and so like fulfilling so like we went to this uh we went on a cabin weekend with some of our close buddies um uh, last weekend and um and we talked about like as soon as we got done like the monday or tuesday after i was like i was having like friend withdrawals because i these people these were people that i hung out with at college came home and then i got to see him again remember what it was like to hang out with these dudes all the time and then went home and i was like this sucks cuz i just want to be back of a campus with my guys with my homies with my friends and it's just really important to have that strong base because y- your foundation, while it's built in your childhood, the connections that you build is a base. It, the connections you build in college is a base for how you're going to have a, um, what's it called? A uh, backbone when you get in, on, into, the, uh, into the job market and the job world and you like are struggling in your job field or you're struggling personally, you're going to need the, that group of actual humans that are going to support you, and the easiest way to do that is to pick the right ones in college. Which is much easier said than done. For sure.
1: But I, I think, think we got lucky. I think we did get lucky um, in terms of, of course, there were a couple of people that I met throughout the year who, like, you know, you you go you go through people in college. Yeah. That's one thing that you just have to accept. You can let go as of people soon as in you college. get there. You like uh, if you're listening to this and you might be in like incoming freshman to college, one thing that you have to know is that you're going to have these things called orientation friends. And what do I mean by this? I mean the second that you show up at campus, there are going to be people that like are around you in your orientation group and you're automatically going to be like, "Oh, you're my friend." Because I don't know anybody at all, and even then, like since Joe and I were in the same orientation group, we really only like fucked with each other in our orientation group, uh, and we didn't really care. We just kind of everybody did our own thing. Yeah, not everybody, but a couple of people thought we were thought we were gay when yeah. we showed up. They thought that we were a couple, which is flattering. Really, yeah, flattering. honestly, to be honest uh, with the you, the fact that we that we're were that connected is flattering to us. But but like in that sense, you got to know that. It's okay to let those like those cuz there are going to be people that are temporary in your life, right? Like those orientation friends or like the couple of people that you connect with for like even a week cuz there are some of those friends like you hang out with them for like for like a couple of days then you're like, "Oh, let go." Like there are going to be relationships that come and go and well, uh Well,
0: it's not always that you you mean to let go. Like no. it sometimes obviously like people when you talk about a timeline of your life, There are people that are going to come into that line and exit, and however long they're there for, they're there for. Obviously, you can have a role in keeping them there to some extent. But if it's a touch and go situation, that's not anything to be like upset about or ashamed about. If you care about that part, like if you met them and now you start to care about them and you feel them letting, like that's a whole different conversation. But people who are temporary in your life, that's always going to be a thing. And you just have to be okay with it. And like it, maybe you, you do care about this person potentially and you're keeping them you're both keeping each other in your timelines and you find out that that person shouldn't be there anymore because of something that they said or did or something that they stand for or represent. And you need to let go. And that is okay. Like that is fine. That person can then become temporary and, that's just that's just how life works and college kind of helps you helps you learn that well
1: i think that that's a great capstone to end it um for the day today like i end all of these yeah uh well you just have good capstone thoughts like like you reach uh the what is it the pinnacle or the peak the The, the final the final oorah or the statement but anyways guys um it's very weird transition, talking about like a closeted Justin Bieber obsession and our views on One Direction and transitioning to relationships in school. Um, but thank you all, however many of you are going to listen to this, for listening once again. Uh, we some don't of know you, why you do it. Yeah, some of you are probably just going to be our friends that we talked this about that come and view it, and if so— Thank you. Uh, we appreciate you. We hope that you don't view us too differently, but we understand. Um, we get it if, you want, if you want
0: us to become yeah, temporary, if, if we, get it, we get it. We get, get it. it. Um,
1: <laughs> but uh, thank you guys so much for listening uh, to us today with our banter and some cohesive thoughts. Literally nothing coming there. into this microphone is worth a damn. But, you know, <laughs> OK, so uh, so thank you all once again so much for listening. This has been Dylan and my beautiful co-host. Wow, thank you. I appreciate it. Or we're both co-hosts because we're all in this together, just like from High School Musical. Thanks, all of us. And we hope you have a a fantastic rest of your week. Bye-bye now. Cheers.